you for joining the Element Church Podcast, where we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope this message inspires and strengthens your faith. Bruh. Yes, that is the name of the new series we are starting today. And many of you are giving me the exact same look my parents gave me on FaceTime this week when they asked the name of the new series. And I told them, bruh. And they stared at me in confusion like you are. Uh, According to the Urban Dictionary, which I do not recommend for looking up definitions of actual words, but for slang terminology, it's a great resource. According to the Urban Dictionary, the word bruh is another word for bro, but it's most often used in frustration, in shock, or in surprise. And so since the meme game has never been stronger in the world than it is right now, I thought we'd start with some bruh memes to help us understand a little bit more how you might use this word. So here's the first one here. When you just want a text and the person decides to call you, bruh, anybody feel me? All right. Any moms in the house? Where the moms at? Raise your hand, moms in the house, all right? You guys might like this one. Even moms can say, bruh. Um, When your kid says mom for the 745th time, bruh. I hope some of you guys start using that one on your kids. That would be fantastic. Uh, school is starting this month in uh, Cheyenne. I know there's mixed opinions about that in the, in the room, for the young people especially. Uh, but for the students, here's a, here's a meme for, for you. Trying to understand math class like, bruh. Can I get a witness? Math is from the devil. Amen. All right. All right. One, one more question. Any teachers here? Are there any teachers here? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Can we just show some love for our teachers today? It's awesome. Thank you guys so much for leading the way in education. I know your job's not easy. Yours is a very, very simple one. It's August. School is starting. Super simple. Here it is. Teachers just be like, bruh. (laughs) Right? Like school's coming. Bruh. Some of you are still thoroughly confused. Not, not about the word. I think we've established, you know, how that word can be used, what, it, what it's for. But you're confused why we are talking about it, uh, why we're using it as a title for, for a sermon series. Like I said, bra can be used when, when something shocks you, it frustrates you, it stands out to you, it kind of takes you back uh, a little bit. And as I read the book of James in the New Testament portion of the Bible, that's how it can make me feel. Not only is James the half-brother of Jesus, so bruh works, he's his, he's his brother. Not only that, though, in his letter in the New Testament, it is packed full of statements that might make you say, bruh. Statements like, faith without good works is dead and useless, and if you are selfish or jealous, you are demonic. Bruh. Right? If you want to say bruh with me, it's okay. But just, just say bruh today instead of amen. That would be amazing if you, if you did that. He said, don't grumble about each other or you will be judged. You should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And if you claim you are religious but don't control your tongue, your religion is worthless. Yeah, you got it. Like bruh. Like that was before social media. Can you imagine what James 
would say about the way we talk today? Like on and on James goes with one statement, one teaching after another that makes you feel that way. And those are the statements in the book of James we're going to be looking at in this series. Starting today with something James says about what to do when we experience trouble. Just what everyone wants to talk about in church, right? Experiencing trouble. And now some of you are questioning even being here today. <laughs> or if you're new with us, you might be saying, who is this guy talking about the word bruh? Well, if you don't know, my name is Jeff Manis. I'm the lead pastor here at Element. I'm not sure if you're questioning being here today, but I am thrilled uh, to be here uh, back off of a, of a month away and just thrilled that all of you are with us today, including anybody who might be joining us on video or online. Thanks so much for being here as well. Real quickly, uh, this Tuesday, August 3rd, will be our monthly worship and prayer event. I love it, called First Tuesday. Uh, it's the, we meet at the very start of each month, first Tuesday, uh, from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. right here in the auditorium to intentionally start our month by seeking God together through worship and prayer. I'd love for you to be here for that this Tuesday. I also want to take a moment and just celebrate what happened this last month while I was away for some rest and renewal with my family, did some planning and preparing for, for what's coming up for the rest of the year. And while I was away, Pastor Brendan, our student pastor, did an amazing job preparing, planning, and preaching an entire sermon series. Uh, I think we should show Pastor Brendan some honor today. He did a great job. So good. Um, if, you, if you missed any of those messages from the Unsung Hero series, I loved every one of them. I uh, was super challenged by them. would encourage you to go back and, and watch or listen to those. Also, in the month of July alone, we made a lasting impact. We did the free gas event, paying for, for gas at a gas station for two full hours for customers. We did the prayer cards and the gifts to the ICU nurses. Heard about that earlier. Then last week, did the dollar challenge uh, where we're going to give some money to the Cheyenne uh, Foster Closet. And we'll update you next week on kind of the totals of where we are with, with that. And here's what I love so much about that. I'm the lead pastor and I was gone for an entire month, and the gospel was still preached, people were ministered to, lives were given to Jesus, and in multiple ways, we served our community, making a lasting impact, living out our vision. We exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. And I love so much that you are the kind of church that lives out that vision, even when the senior pastor is not here. So thank you so much for being a church that I am proud to call my home. I love you guys uh, so much. Okay, in James chapter 1, verse 2. Bruh, yeah, bring it. In James 1, verse 2, it says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, so when, not if, because they're coming, when they come, consider it an opportunity for. And if you don't read ahead in Scripture, if you don't know what's coming, what would you think James says our troubles are an opportunity for? The list is probably pretty short, right? Uh, we, we often view troubles as obstacles to endure, but James says they are actually opportunities for something. So here's the big idea for today. 
Troubles in life are not just obstacles to endure. They are opportunities to experience. Yeah, bruh, I was waiting for one. I got one. Troubles in life are not just obstacles to endure. And notice I said not just obstacles because they are obstacles. No doubt about it, right? In no way am I or was James the apostle trying to suggest that we should discount our troubles or ignore them or just get over them. As we're going to see, James was writing to Christians who were experiencing trouble in life. He himself would endure massive trouble in his life. And I know that there are some of you in the room watching or listening online, you are in the midst of some kind of of trouble today. And those troubles are real. They are obstacles in, in life, very real obstacles, but... They are also opportunities. And in James, we're going to see the opportunities in our troubles, which means we have to answer this this big question. What opportunities are there in our troubles? Troubles of any kind, James said. So not just really small ones of any kind of trouble. There are opportunities. The main scripture is James 1, verses 1 through Four, at some point in the series, we will touch from every chapter, all five chapters in James. Uh, James is toward the end of the New Testament portion of, of the Bible. It's one of the earliest books written in the New Testament, around 44 to 48 AD. If you don't own your own Bible, uh, you can download a free one called YouVersion. Uh, you can get one at guest services if you're here in person before you go. Um, and you can follow along if you didn't bring a Bible with you uh, on the screens. Everything we read uh, will be on the screens there. Before we dive in, Let's just pause, and uh, before we jump into the scripture, ask God to just to bless our time today. Father, uh, thank you. Thank you for the amazing time of worship we had. Lord, my heart was so moved as we were led to your throne in worship. And Lord, as our hearts now are open because we've worshiped you, I pray that your word would, would go deep into who we are. Just even as we read, beyond the words I say, even as we read the words, Lord, I pray your spirit would speak to hearts. We ask you, God, for your power, for your anointing, and for your authority to be in this place and upon my words. In Jesus' name, amen. James 1, starting in verse 1, says this. This letter is from James, a slave of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to touch on this. Remember, James was the brother of Jesus. Joseph and and Mary were his biological parents. So it's always stood out to me that James did not use the brother of Jesus as a title for himself. If I were writing, I would want to have that credit to my name, Jeff, the brother of Jesus. But he didn't do that. He said, James, the slave of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is incredibly significant because according to the gospel of John, which is an eyewitness account, 
to the life, death, ministry, resurrection of Jesus, James didn't even believe in Jesus as the Messiah while Jesus walked the earth during his ministry. In fact, the Gospel of Mark tells us that the brothers of Jesus, including James, thought Jesus was out of his mind. They thought Jesus was crazy. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, they thought Jesus was, right? Like, like they did not believe in him. So, so James did not start out believing in, in Jesus. If you're, if you're here and you don't believe in Jesus, maybe you think this whole Jesus thing is, is nothing but crazy talk. Like James would know exactly how you feel, which is pretty cool. And in fact, if James were still here today, I think the church that he led would probably say the same thing we say, that even if you never believe, we love you and we want you to be here. And we mean that. I think James would want you to, to know that as well. So, so what changed in James? Why did he go from thinking Jesus was crazy to saying he was the slave of Jesus and that Jesus was his Lord? Well, because after Jesus rose from the dead... He appeared to James. Like James saw the risen Jesus, put his faith in Jesus, and went from skeptic to believer, and then even went to leader in the Christian church. At the time that James wrote this letter, he had become the leader, the pastor, if you will, of the Jerusalem Christian church. It was said about James, I love this, that he spent so much time on his knees in prayer that his knees were like those of a camel. Isn't that awesome? Like what a, yeah, bruh, what a great, you guys are gonna throw me off now saying that. What a, what a great description of, of someone to say they, they prayed so much their knees were like those of a camel. So James said, slave of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a bruh statement all by itself that we are just barely even touching. He goes on to say this. I'm writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. And they were scattered because they were being persecuted for their faith. They were experiencing trouble. Greetings, he said. And then we'll read verse 2, all of it this time. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy, which makes you say, bruh. bruh. <laughs> like for real? Great joy? Like homies say, what? They could have called the series that too, which would have been awesome as well, but I, I digress. Consider your, uh, your trouble an opportunity not to complain, not to give up hope, not to be angry, but an opportunity for great joy. Bruh. So does this mean that we have to be happy about the bad things that happen to us? No, it doesn't. And in fact, this is where it starts getting good, and some of you were wondering when we would get to that point. Uh, the, the word joy used here, comes from the Greek word kara, which means, or, or part of the meaning is this, the awareness of God's grace. Wow! 
So, so whenever you experience trouble of any kind, consider it an opportunity for joy, an opportunity to rejoice, an opportunity to praise God, not for the trouble itself, but for the awareness of God's grace in it. Wow. Wow. That, that troubles in life are not just obstacles to endure. They are opportunities to experience. So what opportunities are there in our troubles? Number one is this, an opportunity for grace. Trouble is an opportunity for grace. Hebrews 4 verse 16 in the New Testament says this. So... Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find what? Grace to help us when we need it most. You see, the grace of God is more than just his ability or desire to forgive our sins. The grace of God is also his power to help us when we need it most. His grace helps us in our trouble, our trials, our temptations. The Apostle Paul also speaks to this in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. If you're familiar with Scripture, this is a very familiar passage. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. He was experiencing trouble of some kind. Three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my, what? Grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now, Paul said, I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power, the grace of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure. We might use the word joy in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and there's our word, troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Strong, yeah. Strong in the grace of our Lord Jesus. Sometimes, I think we look at the troubles that other people face and we say things like, I could never go through that. And we feel that way because we aren't going through it. I actually believe that God, in his sovereignty and in his wisdom, only gives us the amount of grace we need for the moment we are in. He gives us what we need for the moment we're in. So when I'm not experiencing trouble, I only need a certain level of grace. But when I face trouble, even massive trouble, I now get access to the level and amount of grace that I need. And so one of the reasons we can rejoice in our troubles is we are now experiencing a level of grace we would otherwise not have access to were it not for the troubles we are in. Is that not awesome? That when I experience greater troubles, I receive greater grace. I'm aware of his grace so I can have joy even in the trouble. Like Paul says, I'll even boast 
about my weaknesses, insults, persecutions, and troubles. Why? Because I get more and more of God's grace and power in them. So, if you are currently facing a trouble of any kind, I would challenge you to ask God to make you aware of his grace. Like literally, Lord, in this trouble, would you open my eyes to your grace and help me access it? You might even declare some truth over your trouble by saying to yourself and saying to the enemy, Satan, who's trying to bring you down, no matter what I go through in life, God's grace is all I need for his power works best in my weakness. Declare that over your life. Remember, troubles in life are not just obstacles to endure, they are opportunities to experience. So what opportunity are there in in troubles? Well, the first one is just an opportunity for grace, to be aware of God's grace even in my trouble. Number two is this, an opportunity to grow. An opportunity to grow. James 1, now continuing on, Verses 3 and 4 says this, For, this is why we can rejoice, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. You can even sing that to the tune of a Frozen song. Bruh. (laughs) James James 5, verse 7, 8, and 11 also speaks to this. This idea of of being patient through our, our troubles. He says this, dear brothers and sisters, be patient in your trouble as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. Verse 11, we give great honor to those who endure under suffering who let their endurance grow. This actually reminds me of of this picture here, the Biosphere 2. I don't know if you know what this is. Uh, Pastor Fred, who used to be stationed here in Cheyenne, he's now stationed as a chaplain of Barksdale Air Force Base down in Louisiana. He used this as an illustration here at Element while he was stationed here, but I thought it was too good for this point not to reuse again. If you don't know, the Biosphere 2 is an indoor version of our planet owned and operated by the University of Arizona, and it's used to study how the planet's living systems actually work. And one of the major discoveries was the necessity of stress for trees and plants to develop strength. Specifically, the necessity of wind, which we understand here in Cheyenne, right? The the presence of wind, they found, is actually necessary for a tree to develop strength. It forces the tree to drive its roots deeper and wider into the soil. It also requires the tree to grow another layer of wood that's called reaction wood or stress wood. This extra layer allows the tree to position itself, literally leaning, even twisting limbs, branches, the the trunk itself. You've seen trees do that to get into the best light and find the most optimal resources. 
But in the biosphere, with the absence of any wind or stress or suffering, if you will, the trees grew, but they began to fall from their own weight because they had not developed the strength needed to stand up. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to fall over in my spiritual life from my own weight. And sometimes, in order to develop the strength we need, we will have to face some trouble now to have the strength later for what's coming. In fact, one of the articles about the trees said this, Remember, stress is what makes a tree strong enough to sustain the wear and tear that it would face later in life. Which leads right into the last thing I want us to see here. Troubles in life are not just obstacles to endure, they're opportunities to experience. So what opportunities are there? Opportunity for grace, that's a big one. An opportunity to grow, that that in whatever trouble you are in, God is building in you endurance because you don't know what's coming next. And so let it grow, James said. And then number three is this, an opportunity to graduate. Bruh. I know it's school and everybody's, you know, delighted about that. James 1, the last part of verse 4, says this. For when your endurance is fully developed. So we we ended mid-sentence. Let your endurance grow. Let it grow, he said. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. The word perfect here does not mean flawless, by the way. It does not mean sinless perfection. That's not... It's not the word perfect in the way that we think of it. So I thought this might be helpful. Imagine, going back to the school reference and why I'm using the word graduate. Imagine every trouble that we face in life is like a grade level in school. Okay? And, and as we go through school, as you are going through school maybe, what, what is being asked every year? You're, you're asking it yourself. It's being asked of you. What else do you need to graduate? What else do you need to advance to the next grade, the next level? And here's the thing, as a student, I was very thankful for this, by the way. I think some of you can also agree. You don't have to be flawless in school to move on to the next grade. You you don't have to be flawless to graduate. Praise the Lord. All you need is to be complete needing nothing else to move on. And that's what the word perfect means. It's just having what you need in this moment to move on to the next thing, to graduate to the next level. So whatever trouble you are facing right now, whatever trouble might come your way, when you are aware of God's grace in it, when you let your faith and your endurance grow, and as you choose to endure by the power of God's very Holy Spirit in your life, he is building in you the endurance you need to face the next trial in life or 
to help someone else face the one they are currently in. So let it grow. Be aware of God's grace. Grow in your endurance and graduate to the next level. Little did James know that one day he would need to endure trouble and suffering even to the point of losing his life for his faith. Nearly 20 years after James wrote this letter, still the leader of the Christian church in Jerusalem, not the Jewish church, but the Christian church, many were Jews who converted to Christianity, Years later now, about 20 years or so, his faith would be tested in the greatest of ways. According to tradition, but also according to both Jewish and Christian historians from the second and third centuries, James was so convincing in the way he lived out his faith that many Jewish people, even Jewish leaders in Jerusalem, had put their faith in Christ and began to follow him. This infuriated the the Jewish scribes and Pharisees, and they tried, being the operative word, they tried to get James to dissuade people from following Jesus. In, In fact, they at one point they asked James to stand on the pinnacle of the temple, the the, the highest point of, of the temple, and speak down to the people below. So he did. But instead of dissuading the people, as you can imagine he wouldn't do, instead of dissuading them from following Jesus, from the pinnacle of the temple, speaking down to the people gathered below, James boldly declared Jesus as Lord, the only true way to salvation, and the one who would one day return and rescue all of those who have put their faith in Jesus. This infuriated the leaders even more. And now, mad with rage, they shoved James from the top of the temple, and he fell to the ground. But he didn't die. So, lying there on the ground, they began to stone him to death. And while they were stoning him to death, James cried out the very same thing our Lord cried out from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And as James took his last breath, the scribes and Pharisees thought they won, but what they hoped for did not happen. Many more people, as you can imagine, were convinced of the power of Jesus, seen in the faith and the endurance of James. And the gospel continued to rapidly advance despite widespread persecution and trouble for those who followed Jesus. James was aware of God's grace. He, his faith and endurance grew over the years, trouble by trouble, trial by trial, temptation by temptation, And then eventually he graduated (laughs) to the ultimate level of sacrifice and endurance, giving his life for his Lord. He followed the example that I think we even see in Jesus, 
even in the act of communion, which we are going to receive today. If you're watching online and you want to receive communion with us, uh, you can just take a quick break here, run and grab some bread and juice, food and drink, whatever it is uh, will suffice. Um, If you're wondering if you can take communion, maybe you're new, I just want you to know you don't have to be a member of our church to take communion. Uh, We do ask that you just that you have a heart that is sincerely seeking after Jesus. We think that's good. Um, And and communion, in the act of it, Jesus started it. On the very night that Jesus would face the ultimate trouble of his life, he took some bread, broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, this is my body given for you. Whenever you eat the bread, remember me, my body given for you. Then he took, he took a cup of wine. We use grape juice here at Element for a number of reasons we don't have time to get into, but he, he passed the cup around and, and said, whenever you drink this cup, remember my blood, this is my blood, shed for the forgiveness of your sins. They, they ate this last meal. I'm sure the disciples had no idea what he was talking about. They went to the Garden of Gethsemane where in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus came face to face with his trouble. And he cried out to his father, Lord, if there's any other way, please take this cup of suffering, take this trouble from me, but not my will, yours be done. And he would go on to give his life, die a gruesome death on a cross, three days later rise from the dead, And the Apostle Paul tells us that every time we receive communion, we are announcing the Lord's death until he comes back. So what James said from the top of the temple is true. He is Lord. He is the only true way to salvation. And one day he's coming back to rescue those who believe in him. And we're going to celebrate that today. So I'm going to pray here in a moment. When I'm done praying, you can send one person up from each party that you're with. So if you've got four of you, send one person up and get four communion elements. They're at the, the corners of the stage here. Tear the top portion off. There's the bread. Tear the next portion off. There's the juice. If you don't want to receive communion or you're not ready, please don't feel forced to take it. You will not be judged. You'll not be looked down upon. If, if you are by someone, they do not represent our church, okay? You can leave quietly, and we will think nothing of it. We want you to take it when you're ready, all right? If you've never put your faith in Jesus, and you want to, you can use this time of communion, the body and blood of Jesus, to do that. You can just simply pray, Jesus, I believe. I believe your Lord, that you died in my place, rose again. So would you forgive me of my sin? Make me clean. I'm going to repent and turn. It's what repent means to turn. I'm going to turn from my sinful life. And if you'll help me, I'll follow you in a new life. I receive from you salvation. Please, Jesus, live in my heart. I surrender to you. Thanks for loving me. I'm going to do my best to love you back. In Jesus' name, amen. You you don't even use those words. Jesus knows your heart, whatever words you use. If you want to ask him into your heart, you can do that during this time. If you do, it's important to tell somebody, and we'd love to be one of those people you tell. 
You can text us the word ELIFE to 94000. No matter where you're from, whether here in person or online, 94000, the words ELIFE. And we're just going to celebrate with you and offer you a resource to help you walk with Jesus, something that we wrote just for you. And then there's also a way to sign up for baptism through that link. Um, Baptism is the next step for those who put their faith in Jesus. We do it on the third Sunday of every month. If you've never been baptized, we'd love to be a part of that part of your faith journey. I love you guys. It's a delight to be back uh, preaching to you. And I'm excited for looking at what James is going to teach us through this series. And the statements don't get any easier. Like, we're going to every week be like, bruh. Okay, so now that word will probably be the most common word used all week long, which is awesome. Let me pray for you, and then we'll open up communion. Father, just thank you. Thank you for your grace. Not just grace to forgive, but grace to fill us with your power and strength. And Lord, as we go through troubles, which we will, and some of us are in them now, I pray that we would just view it not just as an obstacle, but an opportunity for your grace, an opportunity to grow so that we will have the opportunity to graduate to the next level of whatever's coming our way. None of us know what's coming. Only you do. But we want to be ready. We don't want to fall over like the trees in the biosphere because we've not developed any endurance. So Lord, would you develop in us the strength we need. And as we partake of communion... Lord, may we declare you as Lord and announce your death until you come back. We love you and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Communion is open. Have a great week, guys. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast or follow us on social media. To learn more about our gathering times in Cheyenne, Wyoming, or to take your next step, visit our website, elementchurch.life. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next week right here on the Element Church Podcast.